This is Dwayne Rollins of the Two Solitudes Podcast. Today I had the honor of being at Sebastian Javenko MVP press conference, the Landon Donovan MVP press conference, I should say, of course. It was held at the ACC, uh, very posh surroundings. There was another event going on there with the uh, executives and, uh, you know, eating sushi and, and clapping politely to uh, to the soccer player they'd never heard of uh, get his award. But nonetheless, a day to celebrate for TFC fans and for TFC and for MLSE. Sometimes I think we get caught up in the negativity around the team's failure to succeed beyond the very minimum expectations this year and fail to recognize that it is, a, is an accomplishment for Sebastian to have uh, to, to won this award. So what follows is the raw audio from that press conference. It will start with uh, Luke Wildman uh, hosting the, the overall presentation part, which many of you may have seen on TSN. It will then go to scrums. We first had Sebastian himself up, uh, mostly speaking through an interpreter. There is some Italian in that. Um, we didn't bother to translate it. Some of you will understand Italian, some of you won't. Uh, the translator does actually speak to it uh, a little bit, obviously. There's a couple questions that are were asked in Italian that were answered in Italian and not translated from there. Uh, like I said, this is raw audio, so you get what you get. From there, we went to a Tim Bezbachenko, and that will immediately, there'll be a pause on my recording, and then I immediately continued to record the Greg Vanny aspect of that press conference. So with that, uh, said, we'll we'll take a quick little bumper here, come back, and the raw audio will follow. Thanks for now. It's a special day here as Maple Leaf Sports and Entertainment hosts a global partnership summit. My name is Luke Wellman. I host MLS Games on TSN. And uh, on the stage with me today, General Manager of Toronto FC, Tim Bezbachenko, representing Major League Soccer, it is Todd Durbin, who is MLS Executive Vice President of Player Relations and Competition, and someone who needs very little introduction, a star of Major League Soccer this year, Toronto FC, Sebastian Javinko, and his interpreter is with us on the stage as well, Antonello Inverso. You know, it's been quite a year for Toronto FC and for Major League Soccer north of the border. All three Canadian teams made it into the playoffs this year in MLS for the first time. And having watched games of Toronto FC throughout the season with Sebastian Javinko playing, Sometimes sitting in the broadcast booth, you just hold your breath and think, did he really do that? Or when you think he's done as much as he possibly can, he produces another piece of magic which uh, makes you wonder again if he's actually human sometimes. It's been one of those years for Sebastian Jovinko. Record-setting, never before in Major League Soccer has someone led the league in goals and assists. He's already won MLS Newcomer of the Year. He's won the Golden Boot as the player who scored most goals in the regular season. Just last weekend, he was named to MLS Best 11. And as the worst kept secret, in just a few moments time, he may be adding to his collection of trophies as well. But one of the things that has really impressed me about Sebastian this season has been that he has done everything with a smile. And the character that he has brought both on and off the pitch has been a real asset to Toronto FC and to Major League Soccer as a whole. So we're here today to celebrate a pretty special achievement. And first up, I'd like to welcome Tim Bezbachenko, Toronto FC's General Manager. Thanks. So when we started this project about two years ago, part of the goal was to become internationally recognized as a consistent contender for championships. 
but to be internationally recognized it helps lot of international superstars. So last offseason, we set out to find this player. Seba was identified as the target, and bringing him to Toronto became a top priority. It became abundantly clear earlier on that not only was he a top-class player, but a person with top-class character who was ready to take on this challenge. Sebastian chose Toronto as his new home, and Toronto FC as his new club. In doing so, so he shows both great character, vision, and the spirit of the trailblazer. His statistics and accomplishments, one of which is why we're here today, speak for themselves. He has set a number of leading club records, and it's hard to ignore that any player has had the impact that Seba has had both at the club and league level in such a short period of time. But he is even more impressive off the field in how he has embraced the fans and the soccer community with his energy and his smile. We are thrilled he chose TFC as his club. We congratulate him on all his accomplishments and look forward to next season as we strive to rebuild the championship caliber club. Thank you. Tomorrow announce its goal of the year winner and Sebastian is up for that goal of the year along with one other player as well in the final two goals that are going off against each other for that award. And that goal goes to show some of Sebastian's character and his love for this team and this city because on the morning of that game at the end of the season when he scored the goal that's up for goal of the year against New York Red Bulls to clinch a playoff place for this team, he was in Rome in Italy having been representing the national team. He took the flight across to Toronto. I think Greg Vanny, the head coach, actually said to him, maybe you should sit this one out and just make sure you're ready for the weekend. Absolutely no chance. He wanted to play. He came off and he scored what, fingers crossed, will be Major League Soccer's goal of the season. I'd like to introduce to you now Todd Durbin, who is MLS Executive Vice President, Player Relations and Competition. Thank you. Uh, it's my pleasure to be here today, and thanks to all of you uh, for, for being here as well to help honor a great, great player. Well, we have honored the most valuable player for 19 seasons. This is the first time we are announcing the renamed Landy Donovan MVP, named after one of Major League Soccer's all-time greatest players, someone whose commitment to growing the game in North America and whose passion for Major League Soccer has been unrivaled. Knowing Landon since he was 15 years old, I am sure he is pleased to have a dynamic and attacking player, someone who shares his vision and passion for growing soccer in North America when this award was here. It has been a historic season for all of us in Major League Soccer as we set many attendance records, including our highest ever average attendance and the most sellouts ever. I'd like to thank all of our fans throughout our 20 clubs for their support. On the field, many of our players also set records, including the gentleman who are honoring today, Sebastian Trevino. His performance throughout 2015 is certainly one for the ages. First, he won the Audi Golden Boot Award with 22 goals. His 16 assists also led Major League Soccer. And his combined goals and assists to 38 set the new single-season MLS record. He was involved in two or more goals in 12 games, meaning he had either a goal or an assist. That was the most of any player in MLS league history. And most importantly, he led Toronto FC to their first ever playoff points. Earlier this year, in the time of his career, Sebastian decided to make Major League Soccer 
his league of choice, and Toronto FC his priority, when he worked early to secure his release from Juventus. We are thrilled that he made that decision. None of us will ever forget Sebastian's commitment in October. After playing part of both of Italy's uh, goals in their 2-1 victory over Norway, he hopped on a plane, flew all night, suited up, and scored an extraordinary goal, one that is a finalist for the goal of the year to be announced tomorrow. Sebastian's performance for Toronto in 2015 also made global headway. And earlier this week, he was recognized by 442, one of the prominent soccer publications in the world, as one of the top 100 footballers in the world. But enough of me talking about Sebastian. Let's take a look at the video and watch him in action. Translate. How does it feel to come to Major League Soccer and in your first year be standing here at the end of the season with the MVP award? I am very, very happy for uh, this award and uh, I would like to win more. <laughs> Never said to me backstage, I've been practicing my English and maybe when I win it next year I will talk in English. Um, but I said it really wouldn't matter, people would just like the fact that you're trying and it doesn't matter. You can talk in English all the time if you want. No, maybe next year. Next year, okay. Um, what's it been like for you, not just in Major League Soccer, but having this place, Toronto, become your home over, over the course of this last year for you and your family?
adesso parlo in italiano <ride> no, è, è stata è un'esperienza bellissima è, ho cambiato la mia vita ho cambiato quella della mia famiglia però devo dire che sono molto contento di, di questa scelta e spero di stare qui per lui sì Is this the best season you ever had, Seba, in your career? Sì, è stata questa, anche se giocando in sport di squadra avrei preferito vincere anche con, con la squadra. Eh, spero in, in futuro di poter regalare a questa città un, un trofeo. For all those uh, kids watching this back a little bit later, um, when we did an event here earlier this season, I asked Seba um, how he scores all the free kicks that he does, how he's so precise, how he gets it right nine times out of ten. What was the answer? Practice. Practice. Sì, tanto allenamento. È normale che è una dote che ce l'hai già però sicuramente con il fatto di allenarla tante volte ti migliora di questo. It's all about practice, of course. It's also some personal skill that you have, but you need to practice every day to achieve. Okay, in a few moments time we'll have some media scrums for anybody who is wanting some interviews with either Tim Vespachenko or Sebastian Jovinko, the Global Partnership Summit. I uh, will uh, reconvene in maybe around 15 minutes once the scrums have taken place. Um, great to be part of this event today with Sebastian Javink, record setting season and managing to win the London Donovan MLS MVP award. So, ladies and gentlemen, let's hear it for the MLS MVP this year. Toronto FC, Sebastian squadra è bello poter vincere con con tutti i miei compagni. So as he said many times, he's very happy for the season. But of course, I mean, soccer is a team sport, so it would have been better to win with the team. He's very, of course, happy about himself. But you know, being a team sport, next time they will focus on winning as a team. Something special about Toronto? Qualcosa di speciale per quanto riguarda Toronto? Ma Devo tanto perché comunque è la squadra che mi ha permesso di vincere questo premio e farò di tutto per vincerne ancora sia personalmente che con la squadra. He wants to thank the club, the team and the city because of course thanks to them he won the, this trophy. He's very happy and proud of it and now he will uh, try his best to make sure the next year they, he will win another trophy and the team as well is going to win something. Pensando a gennaio è un po' una rivincita per te questa stagione incredibile. 
No, no, io sono contento di, di aver fatto questa scelta e, e della cosa, è della cosa più importante. What's the new energy in the city? Uh, there is a new energy in, uh, in Toronto, it is winning. It was such a good season, you won so many awards. Was there anything about your first season in Major League Soccer that you didn't like? Ovviamente è stata una stagione super positiva per te, hai vinto un sacco di titoli, la squadra comunque è andata abbastanza bene. Cos'è che non ti è piaciuto, però se c'è una cosa che non rifaresti? Ma sicuramente la partita dei playoff, perché comunque era una partita dove la città e la gente lo aspettava da tanto tempo e sicuramente non è stata così diciamo tra virgolette una bella figura però cercheremo sicuramente già dal prossimo anno di fare del nostro meglio well, the, the thing that you will change is uh, for sure the playoff game just because it was a, a very important game the city and everyone was waiting for it uh, but now this is the pass so they will uh, be ready for next year and uh, hopefully they, we know they will try to make it happen again and to win and go on and try to win the cup. What does it mean to you to have your family here, your son sitting in the front row as they're showing the video of all your goals, he's cheering and celebrating with them as well? Quanto è importante per te avere la tua famiglia qui oggi, tuo figlio che diciamo gridava ogni gol che facevi che mostravano nel video? No, è bello perché comunque sono delle sensazioni che rimangono per tutta la vita e spero in un futuro che possa percorrere la stessa strada che ho fatto io. È qualcosa di unico, una vibe molto magica. Sharing questo momento con la famiglia è solo incredibile. E anche perché questi momenti sono molto unici. E io spero che magari un giorno il suo figlio possa fare lo stesso path che sta facendo ora. When he got here, he talked about not always being respected because of his height. Does he feel like he proved something with this season? Uh, quando sei arrivato ho detto inizialmente che magari le persone non è che ti giudicavano tanto bene per la tua altezza. Pensi che ora, con la stagione finita, hai dimostrato qualcosa a queste persone? No, vabbè, ma non era... A quello, a quello non ci pensavo. Io ho sempre cercato in campo di divertirmi. E certe volte ci sono riuscito, certe volte no, però eh, vado avanti per la mia strada e basta. So he just goes for his path. I mean, he doesn't have to show and to demonstrate nothing to anyone. He always tries to play and have fun because that's the most important thing when you play soccer. And when you have fun, then you, it's easier to achieve your goal. So he's just happy for the season and for his personal goal. There's such a large Italian contingent in Toronto. There's so many Italian people here. Does that make him feel a little bit more at home? Il fatto che qui la comunità italiana sia molto grande e vasta ti fa sentire un po' più a casa? Sì, è stata una bella sorpresa per me e devo dire che è bello andare in un posto nuovo e venire appunto accolto in questa maniera. Yeah, it was a very, I mean, a great surprise for him uh, because of course when you change, you know, your life and your team, your club, it's uh, every, at the beginning everything is a little bit tougher. But for him it was uh, nice because uh, there were a lot of Italians, you know, so it was easier for, you, for him the process to speak and share, I mean, uh, everything. And, but besides that, he's also very happy about Toronto and the city itself because he had a lot of support from everyone. We doubled down. We went out to try to find a top world-class player and we found one. 
But what we've shown and, and all our fans know is that sometimes it takes players uh, a bit of time to acclimate to our league with all the travel, uh, with all the cities, the two conferences, the playoffs. But Seba, from the moment he stepped off the plane, came to training, he showed that he was truly special. I remember that first training session when the level of the entire team uh, just just really raised and he hit a couple uh, free kicks after the end of training and, and, and everyone said, wow, he's going to be good and he's going to be good quickly. We surprised by him. I'm sorry? Is he better than advertised, do you think? Um, well, I, I think we learned a little bit of a lesson in terms of our marketing campaign last year. And, and so what we did, wanted to do this year is say, hey, uh, the proof's in the pudding. Let's show our fans that we're serious by winning on the field. So I don't think we went out there and said uh, much about the advertising. We were letting his play in the field uh, do all the talking. And I think he delivered on that. We surprised by his resilience and durability. You know, I, I, I was. Um, I think that there's a lot of players around the league who, who get injured just be, due to the fact that we do have a lot of travel. Um, but what I would say, it's credit to our medical staff, to our trainers, Jim Liston, and, uh, and a credit to Greg Vanny in, in limiting his, his, his play at certain times, maybe in training, uh, managing his minutes uh, at key times, especially when he was coming over maybe from, uh, from, from the national team duty. So, uh, but, but, but it's really Sebastian's... Uh, uh, commitment to keeping his body in shape, to keep it to eating right, to be to go to training every day, to not slack, uh, and it's really an example for all the young kids around there, uh, especially in Canada, that are looking for a model. I think Sebastian Javinko is, is the best model you could possibly have in the league. Tim, he uh, he seems very happy here, but obviously other people have taken note of his play. Do you think you can keep him, and, and have you had expressions of interest? Yeah, so so we're 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 an ambitious club. Um, we're, we're trying to be a, a club that's contending for championships every year. So we're going to have to, in order to do that, we need stars. We need players that will take the game on their back and and, and, and score that game-winning goal. Uh, and that, for us, is Sebastian Juvenko. Now, um, a player who scores 22 goals and 16 assists is always going to have uh, interest abroad, uh, just like a lot of our players, not just Sebastian. And we'll have to manage those one at a time. It's obviously flattering to know that one of the top clubs around the world, perhaps the top club, uh, in the, over the past 10 years has an interest in Sebastian. Uh, it hasn't been formalized, um, but, but if something comes in, we will politely uh, uh, decline. Uh, but obviously it's something I'll have to share with the owners because uh, uh, they will, they will want to know that their star player is recognized around the world as being a true star. In the pantheon of uh, MLS seasons, where would you rate this individually? You know, it's it's funny because I followed um, I followed MLS for 20 years. In fact, I was as growing up, I was a supporter of one of our arrivals. I'll leave it unnamed. Uh, but I haven't seen a player like this. I think there are players that have had great seasons. There are players who've scored more goals, in fact, than Sebastian. But his ability to be involved in almost everything we do from an attacking standpoint is unprecedented. Um, most importantly, it's how he does it. He can score a lot of goals. But, it, but, but it's the way he does it. It's with his flair. It's his nimble uh, ability to get around defenders. And then he, he has a knack for, for the, the spectacular. I mean, some of the goals, you're just, uh, um, I'm trying to do my job and follow the entire game during the game, but all of a sudden he hits a free kick and it goes into the upper 90 over and over again. Uh, and that's when you realize that you have uh, a special talent on your hands. What do you think it means for the fans that have been waiting for years to, to see something like this happening to the club? Gee, I, I, I think it means everything. Um, these fans have been the best. Um, they've been a model for the entire league. You know, the league has this mission to be the top, one of the top leagues around the world. It's only going to be the top if you have top fans. 
you look at leagues like Germany, uh, Schalke have one of the best fan bases, and I do feel like we are growing something. But it's going to take some international superstars like Seba. It's going to take winning. Uh, and it's going to take a commitment from our ownership, sustained commitment, uh, to put out a good product on the field. So for our fans, I, I, I just want to thank them for, for, for their loyalty. Uh, hopefully this is a little bit of a payback from all the suffering uh, that they've had to endure over the last nine years. Um, but we're not finished. Uh, we, Seba, you know, obviously has earned these accolades, and this day is about him. Um, but, but we have a whole team that Seba plays, plays with, and then we have a coach who has put Sebastian in a position to succeed. And I think this year we made a great step in, 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 in qualifying for the playoffs, but we're not, we're not finished. We want to go deep. We want to find times during the year when we get momentum and we go on a little bit of run. We do have a challenge next year, as everyone knows, where we're putting on the roof of our stadium, and it's, we're going to be on the, on, the, on, the, on the road for at least probably seven or eight games again, maybe more. So we have our work cut out for us, but I think this team is up for the challenge. Do you anticipate losing him for the Euros next year, and how do you deal with that if so? I think you have to anticipate losing it for the Euros. I think um, the way he's played this year, I think he's earned the right to be called into the national team, uh, as we've seen. Not only that, I think he should he should play a starring role, and, and I expect him to. So, yeah, we have to plan for, for the worst, in, uh, so to speak. Um, so I, I expect him to be gone for the Italian national team. I do think that the league is exploring uh, uh, taking a break. I don't know if they've, they've come to a, a decision on that, but... Um, we have to do a good job of managing our schedule. I think that we talked to the league office to try to figure out a way for us to schedule our games, even if the league is still playing, because we have a number of international national team stars, uh, which might be a little bit different than some of the other clubs in the league. Folks, we're just going to uh, come off to the stage here. If anybody has any follow-up questions for Biz, we've got a lounge just down here uh, that we can have. Todd German from here. Aside from the goals and the assists, uh, what were you surprised about with, with Seba on the field? Uh, I think it's it's how quickly he adapted to the league uh, and what he was able to do just to I think carry the team at times make make some plays at times we you know when we initially brought him in I thought he would be a little bit more of a playmaker which of course he made plays but uh, but he's actually more of a goal scorer than than I had anticipated so uh, we adapted even when we started the year we started him sort of an attacking midfielder in a diamond. Uh, and we quickly adjusted that to putting him up front because he was he felt more comfortable as a forward. So um, you know what what we sort of envisioned initially wasn't exactly correct, and, and we we adjusted and made the adjustment. He still made plays. Obviously, he led the league in assists, so he still created things. But uh, he actually took to the goal scoring side probably uh, in a more prominent fashion than I actually thought he would be. So uh, and he was a great addition to the team just from a, a personality standpoint. Very humble, very uh, very much a part of the group and. Uh, that's always important when, when your top guy is is that down to earth. Where do you rate this season individually in the whole course of MLS history? Uh, it's a little bit uh, subjective, but I would say it has to be among the top, if not the top. Uh, I mean, some of the some of the goals that he was able to score and plays that he was able to make are we've never really seen those in this league, and and he was able to do it time and time again, and uh, so. In terms of, of overall performance, it has to be the top. But there's been some very good players. Robbie Keane has had some great years uh, over the few years uh, that he's been here and so uh, and helped his team win and, and a number of things. But you have to, just from an individual performance standpoint, it has to be amongst the top. And clearly his, his stats have, have shown that as well. 33 uh, appearances and 32 appearances as a starter. But that's surprising. Is there ability? It, it does a little bit. I mean, he's, uh, just because as he was, again, coming from Juventus, he wasn't an everyday guy and so you, you you weren't 
you weren't sure in terms of how you adapt. Also, coming from being in the middle of a, of a European season to immediately transitioning over to what becomes a long MLS season to to stay durable, to stay healthy, to compete uh, also in a very physical league. Uh, I know there's a lot of discussion of how is he going to deal with the physicality of MLS, and, and clearly he did, and uh, we saw how, how he managed that both in throwing his weight around at times, but also in just his, his clever play. But he, uh, he remained durable. He was passionate from beginning to end. He wanted to play even in moments where maybe it didn't make the most sense for him, as, as we talked about or heard about in the uh, New York in the New York game. But uh, he's, he, he loves playing the game, and it's very difficult to, to get him to, uh, to not play. Greg, he and, uh, he and Mike are like the guys on your team. Does a player like Javenko have to be the guy on the team? Is that why, perhaps... Juventus did not use him, and obviously they have a lot of other talent on that team, but does he have to be the player, the focal player, do you think, to succeed? I don't think he has to, but I think he's, I actually think that's one of his transitions coming here, was becoming the focal point of the team and, and understanding all of all that, uh, the responsibility that can go with that. Uh, I think, you know, one of my discussions with him in the year is if, if Sebastian has anything to say to the group, it carries that much more weight than a lot of the others players saying things. And he's a very quiet guy. And maybe, you know, coming from Juventus where he didn't have to really say too much. Um, he doesn't have, as, he didn't have his great appreciation for the value of his message to the group. And so, uh, you know, that's one of my challenges for him is he doesn't have a ton of ways to continue to grow as a player, but I think sort of assuming um, some from a leadership standpoint and understanding the power of his voice and, and uh, within the team is, is a next step for him. And I think uh, that's what helps us become a good team and to becoming also a great team is uh, just the collective um, leadership that both he and Michael and, and Josie stepping up and, and the guys stepping up together to, uh, to lead the group. We're looking at an MLS final where the two teams have not gone the huge designated player yeah. route. Um, what does that say to you? Obviously, there are different ways of climbing the mountain. Yeah, and I would go a step further and say, even in the semifinals, you could say that uh, that what that formula wasn't the one. And, and I've said it from the beginning of the year. It's not always necessarily the payroll that gets you there in this league. It's about um, collective work rate. It's about uh, the group becoming a group. Because the difference from one team to the next team is it's not so big in this league. There's a there's a parity that's there, and sometimes the cohesion of a group and being together for over a year, for two years, three years, in some ways is a lot more important than the individual talent of the group and, and you need that in this league because it's an edge. The the margins are finite in terms of win and loss, wins and losses here and so uh, you're seeing that because these teams have been together for a little while. They've endured uh, heartbreak at Columbus last year in the first round of the playoffs, lost heavily to New England if I recall and uh, they learned some things, I imagine, from that game and came back stronger this year and more prepared for the playoffs than, than probably they were last year. So I think uh, you know, that's a big thing. It's a lesson for us uh, is the things, the finer details that we need to progress at to, to be more successful next year as we approach and go into the playoffs to be better at the playoffs. Because the playoffs are, are a little bit different than the regular season. And until you really, uh, until you really experience that, then maybe you don't have a, a clear appreciation for that. So, um, you yeah. know things taken but like, like I said in this league it's it's not always the the big salary teams that have won it it wasn't until LA won it uh, and they won it a few times that that actually became uh, you know a DP team was was successful I know you don't want to give secrets away but you're a former defender how do you defend Javinko? He, <laughs> you ask for help I mean he, he, you're in a tough situation if you are you're locked in one-on-one, -on -one, and really it is about time. It's about winning as much time as you can against him uh, to allow people to get over and support you. And 
You know, and to be fair, I thought teams did a pretty good job of that at the end of the year, which they were able to uh, get numbers around him and, and uh, really kind of crowd up the space in which he received the ball. And, uh, at that point, we got to get the ball out fast and to other people, and other people have to step up and uh, draw some of the attention off of him. But clearly, it's, it's a situation that, and a number of defenders in our league saw that this year you don't want to be isolated one on one and sometimes one on two with him because he's so shifty and quick and can beat you to the left and beat you to the right. And uh, not only does he score, but he sets up goals. So he's, he's very difficult to handle. How important is it for the rest of the team to see him like several invest in the club? Uh, yeah, I think it's it's important. I think it's the foundation of the league and trying to find designated players that that have that type of type of investment into their team or into their club. Because you know, over the years we've we've seen a lot of DPS come and they're great players, but they don't uh, they're not all in or invest in sort of the, the the team or the club or the city and really trying to to pursue that championship. Uh, title and, and for Seba it was it was a natural right from the start and and he assumed uh, that passion for the city and the city embraced him and, and he was off and running I think that's what sort of helped him settle in faster and become an impact player quicker is uh, it just all matched uh, nicely so it's important that your DPs take that approach or else uh, there can become animosity obviously in the locker room and, and a number of other places but not the case for us. I'm not sure we get a huge sense of Seba because of the language uh, issues yeah. and things like that, but what is he like uh, in the dressing room? Is he an intense fellow? Does he take a loss badly? Uh, how would you describe his personality? Because he seems uh, pretty even keel. He, he is. He's pretty, he's pretty consistent. Uh, yes, he takes losses uh, hard, and uh, he can. That's probably when you see the most of him sometimes is, uh, you know, like for example, in the playoff game, the last the last uh, game of the season, he he did not take that well. He exploded, and and the locker room felt it. Um, some of the chairs and various things felt that he he is passionate about winning. That's why he came. And uh, it wasn't the only game. There were other games during the course of the season where uh, where you see a little bit of that from him. Uh, but in the day to day, he he's got a very infectious smile. He's got a, a great and his own language and I don't know how the guys sometimes communicate within the locker room but there's a nice banter and uh, he gives a little and takes a little but he has that humility to be able to take it as well and uh, and that's always it's a good thing but he has the, the kind of an even keel personality but when he steps across the line there is a competitor that really comes out of him that is second to none. He came from a club that was used to winning where winning yeah. if you don't win it's failure. Did he bring a sort of winning mentality to this team? Yeah, you know, it was interesting early early on, and it's, uh, uh, I think it was, it's never something that you want to accept or, or adapt to necessarily, but at Juventus and you, or any of these big clubs that compete for the championship in a table is you, you can't afford to lose too many games, especially last year. We started with seven games on the road, we went four, four games in a row, and for them, that is the end of the season. You don't ever get back from that, you never win a championship, and uh, and also with the parity in our league, it's very difficult to to go without taking losses or draws or various things along the way, unlike maybe the top teams in some of the top leagues around the world. And so uh, losing in, in our league is, in some ways, it's part of the league because that's the way the league is established. There's parity. There's all these kinds of things. And and you don't ever want to accept it, but you, you know it's it's some of the best teams or how quickly can you get back onto the horse and get onto the next game and... Uh, and create the margin of difference that you need to win each and every game. And for him, it, you could you could tell that at the beginning, each loss was 
it almost felt to him like we have no chance of winning the title now if we are going to lose these three games at the beginning of the year. Uh, but I think he uh, he started to learn what the league was a little bit about, and obviously over the course of the season, and, and it didn't diminish his competitive drive. But you start to understand that the difference in from game to game is is small. It's not like Juventus against you know a small club in, in Italy where you you know you're going to get the three points. You just got to just got to do the, the little things right. So. Are any of your players going on loan or practicing with other clubs in the offseason? Uh, it's something that we've, uh, we've looked into. Uh, there's a couple options that are sort of on the in terms of training sense, not necessarily loans. Uh, but we want to get a couple guys out. It, it just becomes a timing issue uh, and finding the right place for them. So maybe in, in early January we might see a couple guys uh, jump into some training sessions somewhere just before they come back and join with us in, in uh, preseason. But there's no... No specific loans set up or anything.